Whether you drive a car, need a car, or just occasionally bum a ride with friends, you've come to the right place. Join the editors of Consumer Guide Automotive as they break down everything that's going on in the auto world. New car reviews. Shopping tips. Driving green. Electric cars. Classic cars. And plenty of great guests. This is the Consumer Guide Car Stuff Podcast. Here's your host, Tom Appel. Okay, this is the Consumer Guide Car Stuff Podcast, and I am Tom Appel, publisher of Consumer Guide Automotive. Thanks for being here today. Please check us out at consumerguide.com. If you're looking for a new car or crossover, check out our 2020 Best Buy picks. If you're just looking for some fun, jump to our blog because that is where the fun stuff happens. All right, no one is in studio today, but let's check in with the other people on the line. With us today is Jill Simonello. She is the editor-in-chief of Auto Exotica magazine. Hey, Jill. Hello. How you go? How you doing? I'm donutless again. I'm yeah, blaming this, you for this. If I'm counting right, this is week four without donuts. It is. All right, that's bad, but we're working on it. <laughs> All right. How are you working st- on it? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I stepped on the intro. Go ahead. No, no, no. You're good. I was. <laughs> then I was I'll ask the question. I could handle donuts and put them in baggies. Uh, mm. the, the virus is supposed to be gone after like 24 hours, so if you wait. Okay. All right. (laughs) Okay. He is the senior editor of Consumer Guide. He's president of the Midwest Automotive Media Association, and he has a Ben and Jerry's flavor uh, named after him. He's David Bell. I'm also very impatient when it comes to donut talk, apparently. Apparently. Yeah. This is two weeks in a row where I think you've jumped the line. I apologize, but my stomach does not have a chocolate frosted cake donut in it right now. And that that screws me up a little bit. I can actually smell donuts right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, this is getting bad. All right. I'm going to have to make today, donuts. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Jill. I said I'm going to have to make donuts now. Yeah, well, that hmm. would be great. We can look at pictures of your donuts. That's true. Man. All right. Our guest today is Mike Levine. Mike is the head of product communications at Ford. Ford may not be building cars at the moment, but the company is working to ease the national crisis. Mike will tell us about what Ford's virus efforts look like after the first break. But first, kids, we have news. And normally, Jill, I would throw it to you for news, but I have a bit of news. Okay. Uh, I was listening to Detroit Auto Line this week. I listened to it in podcast form. If you are a car geek, you should probably be checking out Detroit Auto Line, but only after you listen to us. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but, they did, but they did announce something really interesting. So you guys know that Ford and I'm sorry, um, Toyota and Mazda have teamed up to build a factory in Alabama. Yes. We now know the name of the first Toyota product to come out of there. And it's very telling. It's the Corolla hmm. Cross. Ooh. Hmm. No very information, no information whatsoever, but we have a name and, and I'm hoping that it's, it's a little Toyota Crosstrek competitor. Yeah, that's the first thing that pops into my head is a Corolla hatchback with some uh, satin black body cladding and a slightly raised ride height. Wouldn't be surprised to see that at all. I would not. Also, the Toyota CHR, which is their smallest crossover, not available with all-wheel drive. So this would sort of answer that call as well. Oh. All right. Yeah. Well, that's all I got. We don't know anything okay. about that product. We can speculate later. But, Jill, I believe you have news. I do. And I do want to say I actually um, have information about that, but I can't tell you about it. Oh, so there. Mm. Um, so when there's there's an there's an embargo, I presume. And as soon as that lifts, we can uh, we can talk about it in more detail. Maybe. Mm. I think I've been sworn to secrecy right. for life. I can never talk about it. But um, all right. Thank you, swear on the whole nine yards. <laughs> other than that, I do actually have some news and uh You know, it kind of is um, more anecdotal than um, actual fact at this point, but I'm sure there'll be some numbers coming out um, in in a couple of months. But I've seen some articles from Jalopnik, the LA Times, and the Detroit Bureau about the idea that now that traffic is seriously reduced because people are staying home, uh, speeds have gone up on the highways. And, um, you know, they, they, one of the articles said that traffic is down as much as 80% and that, um, you know, speeds are, are being recorded in excess of uh, 100 miles per hour regularly. 
And uh, I don't know if you guys have been out on the highway um, since the order has has gone into effect, but uh, I, I would have to concur with that. I went to the grocery store this weekend and I was going about 65 miles per hour, which is still technically speeding, um, in the slow lane. And I was literally getting past like people were like I was standing still. It was it was crazy. I would have to estimate that people were going at least 90 miles an hour passing me. It was it was a little bit frightening actually. There there is no time when I'm driving home from work prior to the apocalypse here that <laughs> I have not pretended that I was driving in some sort of weird dystopian future where I was yeah. the only guy on the road going yeah. 110 miles an hour down the Kennedy uh, which is a highway here in Chicago. So I kind of understand the the root cause of this. Yeah, it is still illegal. Uh, Jill, I was reading um, an article in Reuters, which may have been the one I think circulated in the LA Times, where they quoted Inrix, which is a company that measures traffic data. Uh-huh. And in the Washington DC area, though traffic is way, 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 way down, traffic tickets are actually up 20% over normal, and excessive speeding tickets are up 40%. So yeah. this phenomena... <laughs> It's clearly it's clearly national at some point. Yeah. Well, you know, and I mean, the strange thing is, again, I, I don't know if you've been out, but I have seen zero cops. So, you know, unless they put up photo cameras in the Chicago area, there is nobody out there enforcing this. So it encourages people to keep going fast. Um, and, yeah, and you know, I mean, yesterday there was an accident that was like a 60 car pileup because people were going fast and it snowed. So, uh Yes, the the incident yesterday morning in Chicago, which was uh, we're recording this on Thursday, it was a Wednesday morning, was due to uh, an early morning snow flurries and freezing temps, which turned the roads to glare ice. So Mm. I don't that that was an issue where people, you know, I'm sure those conditions changed very quickly and people just weren't prepared for the slick roads. Uh, Yeah, disturbing because it illustrates how you know, everyday emergencies, quote unquote, everyday emergencies are made that much scarier by Mm -hmm. uh, the coronavirus. And yeah, the Chicago Tribune was reporting that there was upwards of 60 cars Mm -hmm. involved in this uh, pileup on the expressway. And at least 15, 20 people uh, had to be taken to the hospital. Mm -hmm. Uh, Thankfully, no, no fatalities that I I heard of. Uh, But again, hospitals being what they are at this point, it is frightening to think of a sudden influx of, of people needing immediate medical attention. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's the, there's those kind of situations, but yeah, I've experienced, I've been in, going out to drive test vehicles uh, later on at night, uh, you know, practicing social distancing, but still trying to keep up with our, our test drive reviews. So I've been, on the expressways uh, later, you know, past 10, 1030 at night. And I've witnessed some speed demon drivers that are clearly taking advantage of the, the uncongested mm-hmm. roads to, to drive like uh, crazy and, and yeah. or not crazy, but way too fast. And yeah. yeah, it's, it's unfortunate. And I've, I've read a few uh, articles, especially in Detroit where, police are already taxed that I think there is kind of a reluctance. Yeah. The face-to-face contact that would happen in traffic stops. There's probably a a reluctance all around for that. So um, yeah, it's unfortunate to see that, that some people are being irresponsible and and taking this as an opportunity to drive too fast. Yeah. I completely understand the impulse because I've felt it. I feel it. (laughs) If you were going to take advantage of that, that this isn't the time you really, really, First of all, it's not safe at any time. And secondly, you don't want to end up a burden on the on the healthcare system right now. Well, and you don't exactly. want to end up in the you don't want to end up in the hospital right now, frankly. I mean, that's just a right. gateway to a whole bunch of other bad things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. The risks of driving quickly have not changed at all. Uh you, you still run a much greater chance of getting into a serious accident when you're speeding. So All right. Hey Jill. Yes. Jill Seminello of Auto yes. Exotica Magazine. You have a car to talk about today? <laughs> I do. I do. So um, I, I literally just swapped into the Infiniti QX80. And um, man, is that a big vehicle. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I literally feel like um, 
a small child trying to climb into that vehicle. I mean, I am the size of a 10 year old, but still a smaller than a 10 year old size child. <laughs> yeah. And we should, we should, we should explain exactly what it is. The QX80 <laughs> is the biggest SUV that Infinity makes. It's a yep. premium large SUV, same basic platform as the Nissan Armada. And it's very much, uh, it's been refreshed and it, it has some new features, but it is kind of the older school body on frame yes. uh, SUV that is something of a throwback these days. Yeah, yeah, it's actually based on the Nissan Patrol, which is sold in countries like Australia and areas like the Middle East. It, it, it's, it's actually a, a fairly serious off-road vehicle that's been repurposed as a luxury vehicle here in the U.S., yeah. yeah. So Jill, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, guess, I'm guessing you had a you had a bit of a climb to get into the seat. I, I did, and uh, I went to um, you know I was I was on the highway um, yesterday or the day before. No, yesterday I didn't leave home. Um, I, I volunteer at the the Chicago um, food the food pantry, and so I was driving out to the west side to to head over there, and um, this vehicle took up. I think the entire lane, I, I, you know, and granted, I've only been behind the wheel once. I need to go out a couple more times to get a little bit more familiar, but it's not a vehicle that you can get behind the wheel and feel like, oh yeah, no, this is really easy to drive. Like you have to think about it. You have to really be aware of your spatial relations and trying to hmm. back into my garage. Like, thank goodness nobody is parking next to me right now because I, I, I don't know that I would fit in the garage in, in this car. Yeah, the QX80 is an interesting vehicle. And as you mentioned, it, it's very similar to the Toyota, uh, I'm sorry, the, the Nissan Pathfinder. But it, it, for Armada. as big as it is, Armada, uh, thank you. Yeah. Armada. Yes, yeah. Uh, for as big as it is, and it competes against like the, the Lincoln Navigator and, and the Cadillac Escalade, it isn't that big inside. And that's a function of yeah. purpose. Yeah. I don't fit in this vehicle. It is the biggest vehicle huh. I actually am uncomfortable in. Interesting. Uh, and, and it actually, it has its pros. It is seriously over the top in terms of bling. And the drivetrain is great. There's all sorts of power all over the place. It's smooth. It's progressive. Yeah. But after that, yeah, it's we, got a lot of shortcomings. Yeah. Well, you know, and sure. the, the, the thing that I found so far is like, and, and full disclosure here, it's been a while since I've driven an Infinity, but um, the, the gauges and controls are not intuitive. So I plugged in my phone. It, one of the features it gets is Apple CarPlay for 2020. And so I plugged in my phone and um, was going to um, use Apple CarPlay, but I accidentally hit no instead of yes. And so now I can't figure out how to activate Apple CarPlay. I, I will have to go back and, and read the manual to figure that out. And I, I, <laughs> so, so, I mean, that, that was frustrating. And, you know, most cars, like, it asks you every time, do you want Apple CarPlay? Do you want Apple CarPlay? But I unplugged, replugged, shut off the car you know, waited an hour, like my volunteer session was like two and a half hours. So I came back two and a half hours and it still didn't re-ask me if I wanted Apple CarPlay and I cannot find it in the menu items. So, um, huh. you know, it, 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 it's, it, it is very luxurious, you know, super plush and comfy seats, um, super appreciative of the uh, running boards that helped me clamber into the cabin. Um, <laughs> but, but it, it, it is, it is, it is big and, and it drives, like a, like the the forerunner we were talking about is similarly sized. So we talked about that a couple episodes ago, and and that I I, I said you know I kind of felt like I was driving a boat or you know it was a little bit hard to get around. But I, the turning radius in this is even worse, and it's it's you know both vehicles are body on frame, but like this this is just um, it's going to take me a while to really get used to it, and I probably don't have a while to get used to it because I only have it for a week. <laughs> <laughs> if you like the way this thing looks and you think this is the vehicle you want, a vehicle I would consider instead, or at least test drive as well, is the Lexus GX460. The uh, 460 yeah. is technically midsize, but actually makes better use of interior space and costs less. Uh, this Infinity gets close to $100,000, which is rough. Yeah. No, kind of rough. The test vehicle, yeah, the test vehicle, we'll, we'll put this uh, review on the Car Stuff Facebook page, but the most recent, the 2020 uh, QX80 that we had, uh, the bottom line price was $93,795. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and as you said, Tom, I'm looking at our review right now, we do, uh, Tom and I do a big and tall comfort rating for all the test vehicles we drive since we are High percentile uh, gentleman, yeah. <laughs> and uh, Tom gave it a C. I gave it a B plus for a 
premium large SUV, that's that's not that's unprecedented, really, that it, it doesn't offer that kind of space behind the driver's seat, despite the fact that it is so huge overall. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, Jill, thank you for that. And also, thank yeah. you for volunteering at a food pantry. I didn't know you did that. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, I, you know, I, I figure cool. what else are we going to do? All right. All right. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk to Mike Levine of Ford. He's got all sorts of stuff to tell us about what Ford is doing during the coronavirus outbreak. Uh, Stay tuned. Welcome back to the Consumer Guide Car Stuff Podcast. All right, this is the Consumer Guide Car Stuff Podcast, and I am Tom Appel, publisher of Consumer Guide Automotive. Thanks for sticking around. If you haven't done so, give me a follow on Twitter. I am Car Guy Tom on Twitter. That is Car underscore Guy underscore Tom on Twitter. All right, on the line with us today is Mike Levine of Ford Motor Company. He is the head of product communications there. Mike's a truck guy at heart, but here he's here today to talk about what Ford is doing during the coronavirus, uh, coronavirus shutdown. Uh, welcome, Mike. Hey, thanks. Uh, thanks for having me. Mike, I assume that you are safely ensconced someplace safe and that you are comfortably socially distanced. Yep. Just, uh, just like the rest of our, uh, rest of our team, uh, we're almost all working remotely, uh, except for those that, um, that have volunteered to help build some of the, uh, personal protection equipment and medical devices that, uh, that we've been, uh, focused on for the last couple of weeks. Yeah, and that's really what we wanted to, to talk to you a little bit about today. Obviously, Ford isn't building any vehicles at the moment, but you guys are doing a lot of stuff to try to help out. And in, in a nutshell, can you tell us what it is that Ford is trying to do right now and, and how that's going for you guys? Sure. Um, so I, I think what's most amazing here is um, about four weeks ago, we stopped uh, stopped our production of vehicles uh, and everyone started to work remotely. And we went from that moment to thinking about how can we help like we've always done in the history of Ford Motor Company in times of need. And um, there were several ideas that came out of it, all under this kind of code name of Project Apollo, where uh, we brainstormed how could we go as fast as possible to make a difference helping. And so those things now include um, face shields, um, we've shipped more than 200, uh, pardon me, more than 2 million face shields uh, wow. to more than 40 states uh, to help medical workers and first responders, um, you know, to have kind of a first level of, of protection. Uh, it's a clear plastic face shield, uh, protects the eyes, the, the nose, the mouth, and you can pair it up with a, uh, with a uh, respirator and get a uh, really nice level of uh, protection uh, for those that are coming into uh, contact with patients and uh and, and uh, just general protection. Um, so the face shields have been amazing. Uh, we're also helping to support the experts uh, uh, out there like uh, GE Healthcare and 3M. And with GE Healthcare, uh, they're experts in making ventilators. And we just announced uh, that we'll be starting production the week of April 20th of uh, 50,000 ventilators in the next 100 days. Uh, and um, you know, those are to help those patients that need that extra help with breathing. Uh, yeah. We actually had the uh, Department of Health and Human Services this morning just announced a contract uh, to buy that first batch of ventilators uh, from us. And Mike, then Mike, uh, with 3M. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, no, no. Sorry. Go ahead, Mike. I was going to say with, uh, with 3M, uh, we're making uh, what are called powered air purifying respirators. Uh, short, shorthand is PAPRs. So we just announced that we're also going to be making production of, of PAPRs. We can make 100,000 or more of these over the coming months. And um, we're going to be making these in Michigan, uh, uh, which is also where we're making the, uh, the ventilators. Uh, so these, uh, these PAPRs are pretty uh, fantastic ways to provide kind of the maximum protection for, for medical workers and first responders. And, and Mike, was that, uh, I, I know uh, a few weeks ago, Ford had circulated uh, a quick designer sketch that showed like a power drill battery pack and a fan component from, I believe, an F-150's ventilated seats. Is that the, this same project? Is this the, the PAPR that's been kind of quickly designed on the fly with existing components? Yep. And, and that's kind of where that whole Apollo project Apollo comes in, just like Apollo 13 to get really scrappy and use what's on hand. 
to uh, um, uh, to make these devices as fast as possible. So uh, we're using uh, an off-the-shelf ventilator from a, a vehicle that's very similar to the one that uh, ven- uh, ventilated fan that's very similar to the one that you might find in the uh, uh, in the ventilated seat of an F-150. Um, we're using hood hood material that's uh, similar to what we use in our paint shops to paint vehicles. Um, we're, um, we're we're using uh, um, batteries that uh, you know, Black and Decker uh, Stanley are providing. So just like the cordless uh, tool batteries that you could get at a hardware store, slight modification for the connector, but really they're just off the shelf. So as many off the shelf parts as possible to go as quickly as possible. Yeah. So. Uh, uh- Quick question for you: Are the are those same people who were building vehicles now have they transitioned to to building the the uh, Pappers? Uh, so some of the same people. Uh, it, it's not so much on the vehicle lines because the vehicle lines are still where we are. The factories where we still make our vehicles those are shut down. Right. But we're making the uh, we're making the uh, the Pappers uh, at a place near our Flat Rock assembly plant. It's not at that plant, but it's nearby. And we've asked for volunteer uh, paid UAW workers to join. So they're coming from uh, several different areas. Very cool. Mike, Mike, it's hard not to draw a correlation between what's happening now and what Ford is doing now and what Ford did back in World War II, which was also a national crisis. And, And the similarities and the differences are very interesting, I think. Back then, you could convert... Uh, an assembly line to build war material. But now it must be frustrating in that that an auto factory isn't really the ideal place to build something by like a respirator and that you guys, even in the course of normal business, do so much work with suppliers. So Ford's role is a little bit different here. Obviously, you guys have taken a leadership role, but your role is more administrative perhaps and logistic and maybe even financial. Is that correct? Uh, I would I would say we're we're using our uh, manufacturing facilities. Not every manufacturing facility is a vehicle line, so we're using uh-huh. our Rawsonville uh, component assembly plant. Uh, it's where we make things like batteries for our hybrids. Those are all developed in house. Um, it's uh, we're, we're uh, the Vreeland facility is again it's right next to Flat Rock. Um, you know we're able to clear space there to make these uh, pappers. Um, but we're using our, our resources, our manufacturing team, and our designers to pull this together. And then, yeah, absolutely, we, like a vehicle today, um, we leverage our suppliers to help provide components, and we assemble it, and then we, uh, we ship it out to where it's needed most. Excellent. And how have you guys determined where the most need lies? Uh, so we're using both GE Healthcare and 3M. They're the uh, distributor. Uh, they're the experts. Uh-huh. And they know they have a distribution network in place so that we don't have to create something from scratch. Uh, as I mentioned on the on the Pappers, Health and Human Services has, has ordered uh, the first batch of those, so they'll they'll ship from uh, from us to the government. Um, on the face shields, um, we we've taken uh, both requests uh, from hospitals and first responders, but we're also working with several healthcare distribution companies uh, to make sure that we can quickly and efficiently get these uh, uh, face shields out to where they're needed most. Gotcha. And and the way Ford is working right now, are you guys doing anything to get the word out to the public about what you're doing? Uh, So I want to make sure I understand this. you know, we've certainly shared where, where we've focused our efforts, um, but I think if you've looked on social media uh, and, and Facebook and what's been uh, amazingly rewarding for our team is um, so many of these medical workers and first responders that have received things from Ford, uh, like the face shields, have, have you know, posted on their own social channels to show how they're putting them to use uh, to help protect themselves and to help take care of their patients. I think that's probably been one of the most amazing things to see around the country is just how much others are sharing uh, what a difference Ford is making to help out. Yeah, it's very cool that you're doing this, and we appreciate it. And, and then this necessarily pushes back all sorts of projects you guys might have had in line this year. Um, can you talk a little bit about that sort of reorganization and how, without any sort of timelines that are obvious or clear right now, how you guys keep things running and make decisions about what products to roll out, how to keep factories open or closed, and how to communicate with your workers. 
Yeah, absolutely. So we're we're in. Uh, I think we have an amazing employee communications uh, team. Um, they're in constant contact uh, through our uh, internal websites with uh, with our entire uh, entire team. Actually, every week we also do a a global team huddle with our uh, leadership teams. And um, as far as uh, our factories go, uh, as I mentioned, uh, vehicle factories are currently shut down. And then as we um, uh, as 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 the uh, CDC and other agencies come up with the guidelines to start to bring these back online, uh, just like the social distancing and safety that we're using to assemble the ventilators and the uh, and the pappers, uh, we're going to start to apply those at the right time uh, to our automotive uh, manufacturing factories. And uh, when we bring those back up, when we've found the right time uh, to do that, then we'll start taking a look at, well, what does that mean to the launches of future all-new products that are coming up, things like the all-new F-150 and, uh, and Bronco? Yeah, the Bronco especially. I think there's a lot of buzz out there about that. Talk to me a little bit about the Papper because I find this interesting. You guys <laughs> went and, 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 yeah. and basically built and delivered a, a modified version of a product that you could build quickly and I presume affordably and efficiently. So what happens to that after the smoke clears on this? Will you guys keep this handy for future use? Will someone get the patent and continue to build it? It, it just seems that, that this thing born of crisis is actually very innovative. Yeah, it, it's, uh, it's very innovative. Again, it's, it's amazing to think that four weeks ago, none of this existed other than ideas. Right. And we've gone from, uh, from, from uh, literally zero to being able to make these in, in four weeks. And uh, these are for a very specific purpose. It's to help during this uh, emergency uh, pandemic. And so the, um, uh, the agreement that we're working on will make these limited use uh, through the pandemic. Uh, and um, uh, that's how they're going to be uh, rolled out. It just occurred can, to me. Can you, oh, go ahead, Damon, please. I'm sorry. Can, can you also, Mike, just give us a quick nutshell of how one of the PAPR devices works? The, is it is it pulling fresh air in to, to the the user's uh, respiratory system, or or what's the benefit of the the PAPR? Yeah. So so I I kind of think of it as almost like um, uh, half a uh, half an astronaut spacesuit. Um, it's, uh, it's a full, it's a full covering of the head and shoulders, uh, with a, uh, with a clear, uh, clear face shield and, uh, and then a, a hood that, uh, covers the head and shoulders. And then that's connected, uh, by a, um, uh, by a respirator hose to a power pack. And that power pack has a HEPA filter and a fan that pulls in fresh air through that filter and delivers it right into the, uh, uh, you know, right to the first responder, to the medical worker. So they're um, okay. they're pretty much uh, the eyes, the ears, the ma uh, eyes, mouth, nose uh, is fully uh, protected here, and and they receive a constant stream of fresh air. And like I said, using these batteries, you know, just off the shelf power tool batteries, uh, we can power one of these for uh, for eight hours. Oh, that's really nice. cool. Yeah. So, Mike, for yeah, a thing like this, you guys obviously it's amazing. Got I'm sorry, Mike, for a thing like this, you guys obviously got some sort of EPA approval to kind of rush this production. Did you guys have to work with the, e not the EPA, I'm sorry, the, um, um, who FDA? am I thinking of? The FDA. FDA. Thank you, Joe. <laughs> yeah, so, so on the, uh, we're working with different agencies. Um, uh, we're working uh, with, uh, it's, it's an agency called NIOSH uh, on the PAPRS, and that's who we're going to certify with here, um, hopefully in the next week or so. Interesting. Well, wow. you know, I, go ahead, Jill. I was going to say, in addition to like all of the the face masks and the shields, like something else that I've been seeing going around social media a lot are the need for like gowns and even like the the um, cloth masks. And uh, like, what really impresses me about your efforts is the fact that you aren't just focusing on one thing. So you're working on these pappers, but, and you're working on, you know, face masks, but you're also doing like gown production. You're doing collection kits for COVID-19 tests. And like, you, you've got your hands in a lot of pie. And, and I think that's really cool. So I, I, I mean, I think that you guys are doing a lot more than what people really know. Yeah, and, and and again, I think that's one of the most amazing things about Ford is that um, uh, everyone rolled up their sleeves to see how we could contribute. So yes, in addition to the 
face shields and the ventilators and the pappers, uh, we are making gowns. Uh, we're actually, uh, the gowns are being made out of the same nylon material that goes into an airbag. So uh, we're taking airbag hmm. material and we've and we're cutting those into uh, into isolation gowns for uh, for hospitals. Wow. We've already already delivered more than five thousand of those. Because the repurposing uh, is interesting. The, yeah, ab- absolutely. And this is you know again, it, it's it's why we call it Project Apollo is really thinking about that uh, you know that scrappy approach to using as much as we can off the shelf and and going as as uh, as quickly as possible. So, so how and much? Then, um, oh, go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead, Mike. Thank you. I, I was just going to say there's there's uh, there's some other things that we're uh, that we're doing. We're we're uh, we're helping out. Uh, yesterday, we also announced that we're rolling out the first or helping to roll out um, with Wayne State uh, in in Michigan um, a mobile testing uh, lab for first responders to get tested for the virus, uh, so we can mm-hmm. go to where they are. Um, we've also been using our vehicles uh, in places like Los Angeles to help, um, you know, with all the schools shut down uh, to make sure that we can help kids. Uh, you know, sometimes the school is the only balanced meal of the day that they receive. So uh, we've been working with a, um, uh, a nonprofit that delivers meals to kids uh, that can't get them to, uh, you know, currently at, uh, at their school. Excellent. Mike, are you and guys then, doing anything with, then, your, with your okay. dealers right now? Are they involved in this in any way? Yeah. So the so the dealers uh, in some cases have have helped us identify where the face shields need to go. Okay. Um, and then um, we're about to uh, we're about to start production here also of um, of uh, medical face masks. So kind of the you know the ones that uh, we're we're supposed to be wearing now as we walk around the you know the store uh, the per CDC guidance. And so um, those face masks, we're going to be able to distribute not just to our employees, uh, but we're going to get them out to dealers as well. Well, that's very cool. It's cool that you're involved in the dealers. Mike, yeah, if people want absolutely. to follow you and Ford and, and keep track of what you guys are doing during the crisis, um, what's the best way in social media for people to keep on top of this stuff? Yeah, it, it's uh, super easy. Uh, just follow at Ford on um uh, on uh, Twitter or at Ford on uh, Instagram and uh, and Facebook, and you can get the latest information about what we're doing there. So, how how hard was this transition for you to be talking about cars to be talking about healthcare? <laughs> <laughs> I would I would say um, it really hasn't been hard at all, and the reason for that is because it's been just so um, it's just been such an amazing experience to watch our team pivot so quickly to help help out in a time of need. And uh, to see how hard they're working to, to do all these different things, it's just like, well, hey, look, we can we can tell the story. And uh, um, it's 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 been it's been an, uh, an adrenaline rush. Uh, it's been a pride point. Uh, it's just been uh, humbling uh, to see our team and how fast they've moved from from zero to, uh, um, you know, going like hell to, to do this for uh, for for. <laughs> You know, everyone, uh, you know, everyone that's being impacted by this. Yeah, it's pretty amazing to watch this. I mean, one of the bright spots during this very, very dark period for the country is seeing how companies like Ford and other automakers are stepping up to really uh, to, to make their mark on this time and, and, and to not let things uh, go un, undelivered or, or to, to let need be out there. So, Mike, thank yeah. you and thank Ford and thank you for being here today. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me on, and thanks for the opportunity to chat about uh, uh, what we're doing. Well, the pleasure was ours, and when the smoke clears, we're going to have to on uh, have to have you back on so we could talk about I don't know cars and crossovers and like the Bronco. Yeah, and, and like maybe the Bronco. a Bronco. <laughs> and, and F one fifty. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and more. There's more to come. Good. Great. All right. Thank you so much for your Thank time. You. That's all right. Thank you. Ford. We're going to take a break, and we're going to be right back. Welcome back to the Consumer Guide Car Stuff Podcast. All right, we're back. This is the Consumer Guide Car Stuff Podcast, and I am Tom Appel, publisher of Consumer Guide Automotive. Thanks for sticking around. Hey, Jill. Yes. Hey, Jill, you do that thing where you tweet? I do do that thing where I tweet. How can people see your tweets? 
uh, you can see my tweets by looking for my name, Jill Simonello. So I am at Jill, C-I-M-I-N-I-L-L-O, um, all one word, on Twitter. Hey, Jill, can people still get that free download of Auto Exotica magazine? They can, in fact, still get that free download of Auto Exotica magazine. So Good if tell. you go to autoexoticamag.com, M-A-G, so like as in magazine, so autoexoticamag.com, uh, you can, it should be up in the top slider. Uh, you can just click on that and it will ask you for, um, your email address. We are asking for that and you have to fill out the information form. Um, but then it's free, free to download. Yeah. I was a little curious about mother's maiden name, but I entered it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mother's maiden name, father's middle name. Um, yeah. Last, last four digits of social, but it's all worth it. Yeah. It's totally worth it. It's a really good issue. You're going to want to read it. <laughs> Great. Uh, I would summarize it as lots of good picks of fast cars. Yes. So there, all right. Hey, Damon. Yes. You also do the Twitter thing. I do. I'm at Damon Bell Likes Cars. Excellent. People and should actually, follow I, I, Yes, please follow me as well. And I just realized I let a, you, I let a joke. Well, maybe it's not a joke. I don't know. I let it slip past in the first segment. You said I have a Ben and Jerry's flavor named after me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was curious well, about that one. Damon what's it called? Durian, Damon Durian Dunkel. Dunkel? Dunkel, yeah. It is a tropical fruit dark beer blend that's uh, very popular with the kids. Oh. Damon am I getting the cut of that? Or am I getting royalty checks for that? They might have been held up in my office, but, uh, you, know, oh. you know, we could talk. <laughs> okay, yeah. Well, I want to talk about that. All right. Yeah. Okay, kids, it's quiz time. I think Yay! you guys know the rules. Yes. Um, I'm sorry, more fake enthusiasm, please. Yay. Woohoo. Woohoo. Right. That's good. I can feel the energy. <laughs> totally. I can, feel, I can feel the energy here in my office. Today's topic is Volkswagen. Oh. Hmm. Are you guys ready? Sure. Who goes first this week, yep. I think? Damon goes first? Yes. Uh, yes, I think it is me. All right. Damon and Jill, which of the following Volkswagen models was not named for the wind? Is it the Golf, the Jetta, the Passat, or the Taureg? Mm. Um, Touareg. Jill? I'm like, I, I actually really honestly know the answer to this one, and it is, in fact, the Touareg. You guys are both correct. Yeah, the Golf was for the Gulfstream, the Jetta was for the Jetstream, and Passat literally means trade wind. <laughs> um, Touareg were, were a group of nomadic Saharan people. Yes. So, all right. Yep. You guys are tied at 1-1. One, one. So now I can breathe easy since I'm um, I'm not going to be <laughs> yeah, shut out. Or I, I am, I'm not going to be shut out, yes. Like last like week? Like last week. <laughs> right. All right. Number two. Which of the following statements, uh, this Jill, you go first. Which of the following statements about the 2020 VW Passat is untrue? Available with a 3.6 liter V6. The destination charge is 920 bucks. Available only with an automatic transmission. Base price just under 24.5, including destination. I'm going to go with the first one. The V6? Yes. All right. Damon? Oh. I can't remember if it still has a V6 or not. What was the second one? Destination charge is nine hundred and twenty bucks. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with Jill. You're both correct. No V6 right. this year. Yeah, I was gonna say it was either the first one or the last one. So. All right, number three, Volkswagen's first U.S. assembly plant was located where? Was it Westmoreland, Pennsylvania, Chattanooga, Tennessee? Marysville, Ohio, or Van Nuys, California? Uh, it's me. I will say uh, Chattanooga. Dang it, that was what I was going to say. Um, I feel like I need to keep this interesting, but <laughs> <laughs> but but that's what I was going to say. So I'm going to go with it. You're both wrong. Ooh. What? Yeah, the first Van Nuys? Was, no, Westmoreland, Pennsylvania. No. That was going to be my second choice. Yeah, built the rabbit between 78 and 87. Oh, I have no memory of that. Yeah. Volkswagen currently has a plant in Chattanooga. 
Marysville, Ohio is Honda, and Van Nuys Honda. is where they used to build the Firebird. Yeah. Yeah, I knew yeah. Marysville was Honda, so I was like, that can't be it, but okay. All right. Here's a fun one for you. Which of the following VW models was never offered with a version of the maker's VR6 V6 engine? Was it the Golf, the Jetta, the Corrado, or the Quantum? Okay, and it's me first, isn't it? Yes. Uh, good gosh. I have no clue. Um, I'll go with, what was it, Corrado? Corrado. Yeah, that one. All right, Damon? Uh, can you read through the candidates again? Yes, Golf, Jetta, Corrado, Quantum. I'm going to say Jetta. No, there was the Jetta GLX, uh, which uh, was the, the VR6. It was the Quantum. It was a little bit before yeah. the uh, the VR6. Ah, uh, shoot. So both right. wrong again in different ways. Well, you guys are tied <laughs> at 2-2. Two, two. All right. Which of the following VW models was never offered with a five-cylinder engine? Ooh. New Beetle, Golf, Jetta, or Fox? Mm, I'm going to say New Beetle. So what were the options again? It's Beetle, Golf, Jetta, or Fox. You said New Beetle, right? You know what? I, I, new Beetle is actually wrong. It's new generation. Let's say front drive Beetle. Okay. So Beetle, Golf, Jetta, or Fox. All right. I think my answer stays the same. Um, I'll say uh, Jetta. No, it was the Fox. Oh. <sighs> yeah, that five-cylinder slipped into everything front drive for a while. Wow, I don't remember that. All right, finally, so it's uh, you guys are tied at 2-2. Yes. All right, this is the bonus question, which we need this week. Yes. Oh. Which of the following is not a Chinese market VW? The Up, exclamation point, the Ardeon, the Sharan, or the Madrid? Oh, it's me I first, think you're, it? Yeah, I think it's you, Joe. Uh, the Madrid. Hmm. Yeah, if I answer the same as Jill, then we're tied. That's correct. <laughs> read through the read through the the candidates again. Uh, the up with an exclamation point, the Ardeon, the Sharan, or the Madrid. Um, just, uh, Jill might be right with the Madrid, but just to make it interesting, I'll say the Sharan. Nope, you'd like the Sharan, Damon. It is a it is a compact minivan. Uh, the <laughs> Madrid, the Madrid is a fake. Woohoo! So all Jill right, wins. there you go. Jill wins the. I was going right to here. agree, but yes, all right. Yeah, it, so it's all a right. hollow win. It's an empty <laughs> win, an empty victory. It, yes, it's an empty victory. Yes. Yeah, it's like beating my daughter at arm wrestling. All right. <laughs> Wait, she doesn't win? She gets close, actually. It's not as empty as it seems. <laughs> yeah. She's, <I'm> not... <laughs> she's pretty mighty. She is indeed. Uh, all right, Damon, you have uh, blog news, I think. I do. I'll have a quick rundown of what we've got posted on the blog this week. Um, Tom did an article uh, about some of the things, some of the ways in which vehicles and vehicle materials more specifically are recycled when a car gets junked, what happens to old tires, uh, plastics, uh, various things like that. Uh, an interesting look at uh, ways that uh, the ashes to ashes, dust to dust kind of happens in uh, cars as they reach the end of their service lives. Um, a number of uh, new reviews this week, uh, the 2020 Volvo XC90 T8 Inscription. Inscription is Volvo's top trim level, and T8 is their, uh, I would have to say, very ambitious uh, plug-in hybrid powertrain. It's a turbocharged and supercharged four-cylinder and a battery pack, which combine to make uh, 400 horsepower. Actually, there are some versions that even make 415, so that's a 
fuel saving vehicle that's also very much a performance vehicle and it's uh yeah especially in inscription tim in inscription trim it has a high price tag to match um a lot of suvs this week we've got a 2020 ford explorer platinum that's the top trim level of ford's redesigned for 2020 uh mid-size three-row suv uh we've got uh also in the ford motor company camp we've got a 2020 Lincoln Corsair Reserve Review. That is uh, Lincoln's new for 2020 compact SUV, which is based on the same basic platform as the uh, Ford Escape, which is also redesigned for 2020. Lots of interesting tech features there. Uh, and then Tom did a Forgotten Concept article. Uh, and I don't know that I even knew this vehicle existed, but it's the ElectroVet, the Chevrolet ElectroVet, which First thing that pops into my head is Corvette, and it's not that. It's the Chevette. <laughs> it is so much less exciting. Uh, but a, 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 a prototype uh, concept vehicle that is based on a production Chevy Chevette with an electric motor. It's always interesting to look back and see, you know, in those kind of fuel crisis days of the 70s, to see the manufacturer's first sort of modern attempts at, at making electric vehicles. And this is definitely one of those. So... Uh, and evidence that we've come a long way uh, in the last uh, 40, 45 years or so. Yeah, that should so, yeah, that's, uh, that's it. Yeah, the Electrovet was such a compromised vehicle that they couldn't move forward with it. The, the, beer, the rear seat was actually filled with batteries. It, hmm. it, if, in no rear seat. They talked seriously about production, but it was probably going to be a two-seater in production, which kind of defeats the purpose of a runabout, but... But who yeah. knows? Those were strange times. All right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so check out the blog. You can go to consumerguide.com uh, and just click on blog, and you can see all that stuff. While you're there, you can also listen to back episodes of the of the Car Stuff podcast. So a lot of stuff to do at consumerguide.com. Highly recommend you do that. But, Damon, <laughs> you had a question for us today. I do. I would Just in light of uh, us talking about the increase in speeding and other uh, – unsettling things happening on the highways just with them being re relatively deserted have you guys personally seen anything unusual or or surreal as you've been out and about on the roads well i'm going to bring up a topic that i know tom absolutely loves to talk about it's his favorite thing in the world um <laughs> and and that would be running um <laughs> Anybody who knows me uh, knows at some point I try to interject a conversation about running. Um, so this is my moment. And uh, the, the interesting that I've noticed uh, since I've been on the road and um, because I can't go to the gym, I've been running outside a lot. And the traffic, in addition to being pretty sparse on the streets, um, I've noticed that I'm making all of the traffic lights. So when I'm running from home, as our mayor has recommended that we do, you know, I do a nice little three mile loop and I cross a lot of streets and usually I stop at every light, but I did a run last week with my three mile run and I did not stop for a single light. And I have to tell you, I am not that fast. So, um, <laughs> the, the lack of traffic has actually changed the way the traffic lights are flowing in the interesting, city. Interesting. Yeah. Oh. So it's, well, uh, yeah, Tom, I'm, I find it fascinating. Huh. I, I saw Tom, something. How about you? Week. Yeah, yeah, Damon. I saw something last week that was absolutely fabulous. And it, I don't know if I wanted to feel sorry for this guy or, or to like just congratulate him. But on the, <laughs> there was a day a week ago or so where it had warmed up a little bit, but it wasn't warm. And I pulled up in a tra at a traffic light next to a guy in a mid-80s BMW 318i convertible. It was, it was red with a white interior. He had the top down. This guy had to be about my age, so mid-50s. This guy was about my girth, which means he didn't fit well in a mid-80s <laughs> three-series. And he was playing, I don't know what this was. It was some sort of soft hip-hop, and he was singing along at the top of his lungs. <laughs> like, oh, gosh. Wow. This guy was completely stir-crazy, and he unmothballed his BMW and just went out for a ride. And my hat's off to the guy because he was having more fun than anyone else in traffic. But it was, huh. but it was awesome. But 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 to our point before about about um, reckless driving right now, I've had several commutes home where I can now get to the highway because traffic is so light. If I come into the office, yeah, but I'm taking the highway home, and and I'm driving 
what traffic will bear. So 75-ish, 80. Well, that's not what that's what traffic used to bear. And I'm being passed constantly by people doing triple digits. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah it's, and I'm sure police police officers don't want to risk, you know, some sort of virus transaction to, to pull over people. So there is an interesting level of lawlessness out there right now. Yeah. Yeah. And what I've also noticed people rolling through stop signs a lot. I mean, not even just rolling through stop signs, like blatantly going through them. Well, stop signs are optional during a virus <laughs> lockdown, so it's okay. Yeah. Uh, how about you, Damon? Uh, just real quick, I, I'm always on the lookout for interesting uh, vintage vehicles, as are you, Tom. We've got the car spotter hashtag we use on Twitter. I'll be putting up a, a tweet on this soon. I was, I've been taking just to try and get out of the house and get some exercise. I've been pedaling my bike around my local neighborhood in suburban, north uh, suburban Chicago, and just pedaling through neighborhoods. I kind of want to stay off the normal bike paths just to, you know, stay fully distanced. And I've come across some interesting vehicles being taken out of people's garages. So recently I saw an MGTC, a real Excellent. one, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, in, in a neighborhood just parked on the curb. So I whipped out my smartphone and snapped a picture of that. I'll put that up on Twitter soon. Yeah, that's I, awesome. You know, I have a good car spotter to post as well, actually, come to think about it. Um, when I took a walk last week, you're right. There are a lot of interesting, yeah. cool cars coming out. Yeah, use the car spotter hashtag, yeah. I will I do that. I was just going to say that, Devin. Yeah, it's hashtag <laughs> car spotter. And if you want to be cool, it's big C, big S, car spotter. That's how we've branded it. <laughs> but if you want to be really cool, it's lowercase C and lowercase S. <laughs> no. Why are you messing with me? No. Because that's what I do, Tom. All right, that is kids, what I that, do. <laughs> kids, that's a show. We've got things wrapped up here. Jill, tell us again about Auto Exotica Magazine. How do we get the free mag? Yeah, if you just go to our website, which is autoexoticamag.com, uh, in the slider up at the top, you will see a link to click on, and you go there and fill out some non-essential, uh, uh, not not your mother's maiden name uh, information, <laughs> and uh, you, you will have access to our uh, free magazine. Sounds good. All right. Well, we've about wrapped up a show here this week. We want to thank our special guest, Mike Levine of Ford Motor. Uh, As Mike said, you can follow Ford in social media and keep track of what they've been doing because they've been doing a lot of stuff. Uh, Special thanks to producer Paul and the good folks at uh, WCPT AMA 20 in Chicago. They've been very gracious and helpful during this very strange period of time, and we are still able to produce the show. Thank you, Jill. Yes, thank you. Thank you, Damon. Thank you. Special thanks to my radio mentor, Steve and Johnny. This is the Consumer Guide Car Stuff Podcast, and we will be back. <laughs> we'll be back <laughs> next week. Thanks. <laughs>